What should you be doing with the Dallas backfield now that we know the Cowboys' plans for 2023? Who are some of the targets? Who are some of the fades in the never-too-early FFPC best ball tournaments? And, of course, it is your Super Bowl preview show. We're going to tell you who we like between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Plus, big payback for 2022 champion of $25,000, John Pierce, and the uh, and the winner of the FFPC Super Bracket Tournament, in which he cashed $10,000 grand, uh, $10, grand prize. He will join us shortly here. I'm Eric Balkman. Daryl Elliott is here. Stick around. <laughs> Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts right now. The pressure, I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in, welcome in. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs tuning in. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell uh, Elliott. I'm trying to get rid of that glare, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. We had some technical difficulties before the start of the show tonight, so we barely got this off in time. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, Farrell and I are going to talk about the latest goings-on in the NFL, in and around the NFL, of course, with the with the personnel changes, the coaching changes. We're going to talk about Ryan Tannehill. We're going to talk about Derek Carr. We're going to talk about DJ Moore, all those guys and more, plus the big payback for 2022 champ and the Super Bracket champ from this past season. John Pierce is going to drop by to drop some science on us about uh, how he had such a successful year, almost winning $70,000 this past year in the FFPC. And we're also going to um, uh, quiz him about what he thinks is going to happen in the Super Bowl. Farrell and I will give you our Super Bowl predictions as well, ladies and gentlemen, tonight before we get out of here. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday night. I want to remind everybody, in case you missed uh, the road of his high stakes lowdown uh, last night that aired with Bill Querby's the uh, runner up in the 2022 football guys players championship. He of a $150,000 payday. He talked about um, what he would be doing in the never too early tournaments right now, um, or what you should be doing in the never too early tournaments right now, how things are shaking out and how you can still get some early uh, draft season value drafting in February with the FFPC right now. Rotaviz.com slash podcast or the FFPC YouTube channel is where to check that out. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've been talking about it, or I've been talking about it for the first few minutes of the show. You can win $25,000 in the FFPC never too early best ball tournament, just $100. $25 entry fee at myffpc.com. You can go to myffpc.com to win $5,000 in the Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament as well. And that's just a $35 entry fee. Both tournaments are going to run all the way up to uh, the start of the NFL draft, and they will get done on April 27th when the NFL draft starts. They're going to follow the best ball slim rules. Kickers and defenses are not involved. 20-round draft, 14-week regular season, single-week elimination playoffs from Weeks 15 through 17, and we'll crown a champ after week 17. Drafts are available right now with a 30-second clock, a 60-second clock, a two-hour clock, and a six-hour clock. That's all at myffpc.com. While you're there, peruse all the great Dynasty Orphan teams we have available at reduced prices right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, definitely check those out. You can find some pretty good values in there. 
um, and turn them around and maybe win a championship right away. That's at myffpc.com. Don't forget about our friends at dynastydepot.com, the only place where you can buy, bid on, and sell your dynasty teams with the FFPC. Uh, you can win your way into the 2024 FFPC main event there as well, depending upon how good you are as a dynasty player. That's over at dynastydepot.com. And don't forget, FFPC5 is your ticket for a 60-day membership to Dynasty Depot. So you get to play on there, go on there for two months, compete, um, and it's all just for five bucks. Uh, you can check that out, dynastydepot.com. Use promo code FFPC5. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, share, and, and, and get notified of all the videos we have on the FFPC YouTube channel. We got John Pierce tonight. We had Bill Querby's last night. I'll tell you who's coming up next Friday on the show as well before we get out of here tonight. And of course, Aiden LaCorey and Dave Tripoli doing a lot of um, uh, best ball uh, analysis, uh, draft analysis. We'll have live draft coverage going on uh, this summer as well when we uh, we have the pros versus Joes. We'll do some football guys drafts. We'll do some main event drafts and best ball tournament drafts. That's all in the FFPC YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy. Uh, Bill Querby, as I mentioned last night, check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. We're back on our monthly schedule. So the next episode will come up uh, the first Tuesday, essentially the first Tuesday of every month uh, going we will be going monthly now on the road of his high stakes load on but this show does not take weeks off which is why we're doing it on a wednesday night right now ladies and gentlemen kicking it live on a wednesday hope you're enjoying it want to bring in my co-host with the most right now the incomparable commissioner of uh, definitive commissioner of fantasy football kffsc.com is where to check out the kentucky fantasy football state championship a big weekend for him farrell elliott welcome aboard man how are you I really like that incomparable. That's pretty cool. I thought I might be getting a new nickname since obviously Rotoviz is getting canceled, truncated, <laughs> or somewhat otherwise uh, disenfranchised from uh, the listening audience. Or basically, is it so worthy that it is being uh, rationed to the fantasy players? We have to ration it out. I think that's the best way of saying it because um, – uh, you know, when, when you have greatness, you, you either charge a mint for that greatness or you only give a little bit of greatness every now and then. Um, I, we, we're not charging a mint for it. So we're, on, we're only sprinkling it over the next few months. We're only sprinkling it in to fantasy players' eyes and ears, Farrell. Well, there, there's no one selling exclusive access over here either. I mean, uh, you know, imagine we had a comment section and nobody came. You know, <laughs> That's another good point. That's We don't want that. We don't want that at all, but that might be what we're dealing with here on this odd Wednesday pre-Super Bowl evening. It is Wednesday, is it not? It is Wednesday, Wednesday yeah, night, yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's before Super Bowl, all five days, and then we'll have our thing at the KFFSC, and I know that starts on Saturday. But the day is Monday to Friday. There's no difference in it. That's all the same to you, Monday through Friday? No difference? It is during Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. Okay, got it. it. Um, we got some news uh, tonight from uh, Tony Pauline, uh, who covers the uh, NFL for Pro Football Network. Um, he reported not only did the Cowboys ex- uh, did the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott expect to agree on some sort of large pay cut, so to keep Elliott on the team, he's scheduled to make seventeen million, or just under seventeen million this year. Um, if you released, if they were to release Elliott, it's a savings of about five millions but it comes with a $12 million cap hit. So obviously the Cowboys and Elliott working together to stay together in business for another year. Uh, Tony Pollard also reported by Tony Pauline that uh, he is expected to be franchise tagged 
by the Cowboys. He underwent surgery in January after he broke his leg in the divisional round. And the Cowboys, uh, you know, regardless of the injury, they believe he's going to be recovered in time. They believe he's going to be a contributor to their football team. And they're going to pay him about $10 million next year. Now, if uh, they want to work together in a long-term deal, they can do that until July if they do tag him. But let's work under the assumption here, Farrell, as we talk about early drafting and not only the FFPC, but the KFFSC as well, which I'll be doing on Sunday morning. Um, let's work under the assumption that both of these players are back for this year. Now we could be looking at a situation where Tony Pollard is the higher paid running back over Ezekiel Elliott. How do you think that affects the usage and how do you think that affects how you would draft Cowboys running backs and, um, you know, coming up on drafting season here? Uh, I think those salaries will be a little closer than than what uh, our writer here in Dallas is suggesting. Uh, how do we draft those players? Uh, it'll be interesting to see early. Uh, you take the injury equivalent out of Pollard's situation. So under that, he would be drafted higher than Zeke. Um, Zeke will continue to be um, – Oh, polar opposites. You either love him or hate him. And uh, I continue to find a place on my roster for him. And if he were to dip down, say, into where um, uh, Mitchell from the Niners was going last year or even further down than that, and it seems like it could happen, there, I think there would be great value there because he's a short yardage guy. Right? There's nothing about Zeke we can say that all our, our dynasty players or our uh, FFPC players don't know. So mm-hmm. you answer that is to see how Pollard returns from the injury. When a player gets tagged, you continue to negotiate through the tag. And I imagine those negotiations will take uh, – if, if, if Pollard is healing, that those negotiations will take on a life of their own. And if he's having issues um, – there may not be much movement on that, and he may have to play under the tag. What do you make for the – I mean, there's such a large discrepancy, and, and I think we might have talked about this on Friday. I don't think we talked about the distance between these guys being drafted. Tony Pollard in the never-too-early best ball tournament, which, by the way, we get this Fantasy Mojo ADP on FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter, the godfather of the pros versus Joes, Darren Armani, providing us this uh, – uh, these details and this ADP data, you can get this data yourself by signing up for a subscription. FantasyMojo.com, super affordable. And if you're playing in the FFPC, it is a must. Tony Pollard, running back 16, Farrell, at the 404. You want to see where Ezekiel Elliott's going? you got to go all the way down to running back 36 at the 1009. 20 wow. running backs separate these guys, and you're looking at about six and a half rounds. To me, Elliott is the bargain there. Uh, and and I'd be happy to scoop him up in the Leonard Fournette Jamal Williams territory there for sure. Yeah, too high for Pollard, too late for Zeke. I want to uh, to move on here and talk a little bit about, <clears throat> excuse me, the situation going on in Tennessee now oh. that they have hired an offensive coordinator named mm-hmm. Tim Kelly. Now, Mike Vrabel said that uh, Ryan Tannehill seemed to be excited about the Tim Kelly hire. A lot of Titans beat writers thought that when. Um, Kelly was hired as the OC that probably meant that Ryan Tannehill would be back with at quarterback with the Tennessee Titans the, uh, this coming year. Now, Vrabel did not say that. He also said that Rand Carthon, the new uh, GM there, are going to be evaluating the entire roster. Tannehill um, carries a $36.5 million cap hit um, that the Titans can move on. They could save $27 million in cap space if they release him with a post-June 1st designation. The question here is, is Malik Willis ready to step up? And I think what people really want to know is can Traylon Burks 
take this next step forward and and flash more than he did his rookie year when he was a little bit dinged up. But I know there's a lot of high stakes players that are very excited about Traylon Burks. How does this Tannehill Willis news here uh, affect what we're doing with Traylon Burks, Farrell? It can excite the Traylon Burks uh, situation, but it is the devil that you know. And when when the uh, when the rookie quarterback came in, we all were expecting some sort of bounce, and there was nothing there. And he did not look prepared to play. Uh, that's the the challenge of the offensive coordinator is to get that player prepared to play. It's not so much what they do with Tannehill, but what they're going to do um, with the second year quarterback Willis. So I, I think that um, we we need to uh, temper our expectations about all Tennessee Titans in the passing game, and and we. It doesn't change from anything I've been saying since last July. Burke's flash skill sets, but this is a team that wants to run the ball and play defense. I think you look elsewhere for your big, uh, your big scoring uh, wide receiver very early in the uh, in the never too early best balls. You know, and I couldn't agree with you more on that. I was never a big Traylon Burks guy. Um, you know, from the get go, which I think I've told you before. And you look at uh, where Burks is going right now, and and I don't know if the if the uncertainty at quarterback is affecting his ADP. But wide receiver thirty six at the seven twelve, he's going behind Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens. He's going right ahead of Cortland Sutton, Jamison Williams, and Rashad Bateman. That's where Burks is nestled in right now as far as ADP. The only other pass catcher I'd kind of be interested in there in Tennessee is a guy that if I was drafting in the FFPC, I'd definitely take this guy as my second tight end, and that's Chega Quanco who is going as tight end 19 in the 12th round at that 11-12 turn behind uh, Everett Higby and Gesicki going right ahead of Michael Mayer and Hayden Hurst. So I could definitely get on board with Oconquo there. Uh, Burks, I, I'm, I'm still a little bit leery on. We'll see. And and maybe I'm, I'll be left out in the cold with Burks uh, for redraft purposes this year. But I'm, I'm certainly not necessarily excited about the Tennessee passing game at all, especially after this Tim Kelly hire. Uh, final thing I want to bring up here before we get to John Pierce, the super bracket champ and the big payback number four champ. Uh, ESPN's David Newton um, believes that uh, it is not likely, in fact, doubtful is the word he used, that the Carolina Panthers are going to make a run at a, quote, high-priced veteran quarterback like Derek Carr. Now, we found out that Derek Carr is going to be talking with the New Orleans Saints. At least he's been given permission to talk to the New Orleans Saints, perhaps being uh, their quarterback of 2023. The question here in Carolina, not necessarily a quarterback. I mean, Sam Darnold um, is could be back. I mean, they could they could add him on a, as as a quarterback on another prove it year deal. Uh, the Panthers only clearing about 15 to 20 million in cap space this offseason. So they can't really shoot for the moon at the quarterback position. They could move up from number nine overall. They also have a guy that I know you were high on last year and Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, uh, who they drafted and, and could be a potential quarterback that they look to this year, or maybe next year. The question here for me is Terrace Marshall was coming on at the end of last season. You also had a situation where I know some FFPC players are excited about the, the um, evolution and the um, uh, progress that Tommy Tremble's making at tight end. And then of course, DJ Moore, a guy that's a perennial tease. We're very excited about him. And it always seems like he never lives up to his ADP. Farrell, what what about in Carolina this year? Does does the quarterback position, the uncertainty there, scare you off of guys like Marshall and Moore and, and Tremble to a certain extent? Yes, it does, because these are just blind-ass guesses uh, about these quarterback positions. And, you know, Corral did not uh, begin to – it's very much the same thing as what happened in Tennessee, another young quarterback. It just did not seem to – 
make a step in the NFL in a successful direction. Uh, yeah, the Carolina situation has to get on its feet. Those named players, DJ Moore, uh, a player like uh, in, in that offense, uh, Treble, I think, is a long way from being a big pass-catching tight end. Um, one of the saddest things to watch last year was uh, was Robbie Anderson in that offense, for God's sakes. I, I, he moved on. But nevertheless, let's just avoid that. You've got a, a lot of other things you can do, and then let's wait until August, and you can reevaluate it if you see something you like. But we got a lot of drafts happening between now and August, and I would, I would, uh, with all the potential across the league, I would hate to be investing my draft capital in Carolina Panthers at this time. Yeah, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me as well. Um, he, the, DJ Moore to me is an easy fade in the never too early tournament. Five oh seven at the wide receiver twenty three right now. Now he's going behind Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and Drake London. But guys that are going after him that I'd be more excited about drafting. Then DJ Moore include Mike Williams, Christian Watson, Christian Kirk. You have Terry McLaurin going uh, behind him as well. So I think there's you know, like he's the type of guy that I really don't know what's going to happen with with Jerry Judy. I don't know what's going to happen with Mike Evans. I don't know what hap- is going to happen with Calvin Ridley. I'm less sure of those guys, and I bunch those guys together. But I, I I'm I'm much more confident in guys like Kirk and Watson and Mike Williams. So DJ Moore, a, a complete fade for me. And you're fading the entire Carolina offense, but quite frankly, but if DJ Moore might be that entire Carolina offense too. And you bring up something interesting in Christian Kirk. He made a nice uh, appearance uh, with Kay Adams on their show um, this week. And Kay seems just, just she can get things out of these guys that, that no one else can, you know? And he said that, he said, look, I still feel, like I'm disrespected around the league. And I think if he heard this, he'd say, even in the FFPC, they disrespect <laughs> Look who they're and, – and, you know, there's a player with over a 1,000 yards catching. Was it eight touchdowns, Balky? I don't know if you have his numbers in front of you, but it's it was a tremendous year, and he got better every week along with the quarterback. I can't wait to next year. And you say Christian Kirk is going in the seventh round here? Yeah, Christian Kirk's uh, – uh, no, uh, beg your pardon, sixth round is where sixth. he's going. Wide receiver 26 in the sixth round. Um, virtual and, steal. There's yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely get on board with that for sure. Um, I can also get on board with the fantasy analysis that we're going to get from our guest who we're going to bring on right now. He started playing fantasy football in uh, 1989. He's been doing it for uh, well over three decades. He's a high-stakes player across several different platforms over the last decade alone. Um, won more than seven or won nearly seventy thousand dollars in the FFPC this past season, about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, a little more than that overall in twenty twenty two alone. He is your returning and defending FFPC Super Bracket champion coming into twenty twenty three. Also took down the twenty five grand first prize in the FFPC Big Payback Number Four High Stakes Poker Tournament player as well as a sports gambler. Might get into some Super Bowl stuff with him before we sign off tonight. Please welcome in Mr. John Pierce. John, welcome in, man. Hi, guys. Hi, Eric. How are you? Hi, Farrell. Doing pretty good. It's it's exciting to have you on, on on Wednesday. So sports gambling. So this is a big week for you leading up to the Super Bowl, right? It really is, yeah. Um, my girlfriend and I were flying out to Vegas tomorrow to watch the game, big game out there, and uh, going to pick up a poker tournament out there at the Venetian, and it's going to be a good time. That, that sounds like heaven, heaven on earth uh, when when you're able to do that. So we know that um, that you're a very successful poker player, gambler, and then obviously a high stakes fantasy football player. When you're not doing all of that, John, 
how are you spending your time? What are you doing for work? Uh, well, I worked uh, 25 years at IBM and I'm kind of semi-retired from that. And that's what I do now. I play poker and I bet sports. Um, this last year I've kind of had, uh, and I don't want to get everyone down, but my, my dad's been on hospice. He's 94 years old. So I spent, I, I spent most of my fantasy season in Oklahoma kind of part-time taking care of him. So, uh, you know, I haven't got a lot of, po- I haven't played poker since August. So I'm, I'm thankful that I get to go to Vegas this weekend and pick up a tournament and uh, make some big bets. <laughs> yeah. Good weekend away, my friend. So, uh, yeah, kind of just retired from IBM. I have 25 years in the uh, computer industry and sports game. numbers guy, Bonky. Another numbers guy. Yeah, doing so well. <laughs> so I, I would assume like with, with okay – you're looking at computer science here. You're looking at um, a very analytical uh, standpoint uh, when it comes to playing poker. Is that your attitude towards fantasy football as well? Yes. I, I had a double major in mathematics and computer science. I'm pretty, pretty analytical, um, but I'm also a grinder. I mean, I, I put the time in on the waiver wire and I, I feel like that's probably the most important aspect of high stakes fantasy football. And it is important. It was a high, you know, if we had gone to high school together at the same time, yeah, I would have sat next to you, Mr. John, because I always sat next to somebody who could handle the mathematics. You could whisper more mathematics to me than I could conquer in a classroom. And that would be, you know, I would want to be an earshot. Uh, yeah. Balky, I, John, Balky sent me a listing of some of your achievements this year. Congratulations on all of them. He mentioned them. Thank um, you. I, I think that what, what I would like to, to, to recognize about you is you're successful and you've never seen a format that you don't like. You know, uh, <laughs> the commissioner of the KFFSC guy said, oh, none of that auction for me. Oh, no, not, not, the, not the big payback. Uh, draft masters, I don't have any success. I want to do this. I want to do this. You, sir, uh, succeed in every format are is there a is there a mathematical is there a a difference a logical mathematical difference that you see in the formats or is it do you just love playing all the different games i i just love playing them uh mm-hmm. you know obviously there's a little different strategy when you're doing best ball uh but it doesn't vary a lot um you, you know do you do the same thing in poker do you play all the different types of, of poker that's available to you in a casino? Uh, I don't do as much as some of the other guys. I don't do a lot of the Omaha. I'm pretty much a Hold'em tournament player. Uh, but I do play some cash games where they they got a lot of the carnival games in there, like Badoogie and and Stud and Eight or Better, Big O, Big o all that. So uh, I well, do a little bit of that. I, I love I love your mo and I uh, I know you are going uh, to your version of heaven for the Super Bowl. I have 14 years straight with my old pal Jr. Fenton uh, until uh, 2020 was the last year that I spent in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, and since then I've had an event. Yeah, here in Kentucky, our KFFSC Super Bowl party and draft. And, and like, you're going to heaven. Well, we're heaven's waiting room here in Caesars <laughs> in Indiana. And, but what we have that you won't have out there is we actually have a fantasy football draft. And we will actually be drafting for the upcoming season. Balky will be kind of halfway here. He'll be playing virtually. 
And so if, if I would love to get you in the room with our guys, because I think they would learn from you. And I think you would enjoy the competition that we have here, because I understand that, that guys like you and poker players are always looking for a big game and something they can take down. So, you know, congratulations to you. Thank you. Okay, I'll throw it back to you. Well, let me, so, so let me ask you like on 150,000 plus last year, uh, John, is that like, was that your most successful season ever? It's gotta be right up there, right? That, that was my most successful season ever. It, uh, everything came together this year. Um, my strategy for drafting, I think, uh, was was good and uh you know my uh my thoughts on the waiver wire i picked up you know a lot of a lot of good guys that helped out zay jones people like that down the stretch were evan ingram you know um yeah i just uh i just just put it all together and uh you know my my strategy kind of was the not necessarily zero rb but i'm sure you guys talked about this a lot but I went wide receiver heavy and waited on the running backs and just loaded up on them in the middle to lay grounds. And, uh, you know, all of them got a chance this year. It seemed like that, that strategy may not work next year, but it seems like the wave of the future. Um, most of my teams, I would take one running back in the first five or six rounds and wait on the others. No, and, and I've, I've historically done that too, John. It just, it, to me, like you get that hero running back early on, pound the receivers and then just dra draft those one injury away type guys. Now you got to get the right one injury away type guys. But like you pointed out this year, we saw a lot of running back injuries. Certainly made sense that, you know, you didn't, you didn't necessarily need those running backs in the ninth, 10th, 11th rounds to play all season. But that three week window or that two week window, if they hit, they certainly helped your team out. So congratulations to you on that. Now let's talk about um, some of the players that you were heavily invested into last year um, and, and what you think going forward, they're going to be like this year. Damian Pierce right now is going at the 507 in the FFPC never too early best ball tournament. Does that seem about right to you? And I'm going to, uh, he's running back 20 off the board. So he's the 20th running back drafted. Does that seem about right to you? I guess the concern I would have about investing a fifth round pick in a guy like Damian Pierce, I, I, I got to believe Houston is going to be adding another running back there. And if that's the case, does that knock Damian Pierce down a little bit, or is he worth the risk right now in the mid fifth round? Yeah. So I think I was one of the, one of the top guys on him right away. I, I was getting him in the eighth or ninth round. And by, by the end of the draft season, he was going around round five or four, you know, a lot of times I had him on over half my teams, I believe. And he started out great. Um, I think in the fifth round, I would, I would still probably take him. Uh, I mean, obviously I don't draft that early, like, you know, uh, I may do a couple early, but I usually wait till July and I'll know who's on his team by then. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I would, I would say round five's probably, I mean, I could see that moving up actually. Um, you know, what I know about him is, uh, well, I like, I love the last name. So he caught my eye, even at Florida. <laughs> right away. No relation, right? There's no relation. Uh, no, no relation. Okay, all, you right, were uh, supposed to ask that question in your <laughs> best Lieutenant Dan voice. That Yeah, no relation. Well, I, you know, there, there's a running back named Elliot and I draft him a lot. Right. <laughs> that's true. Hey, but you guys are related. That's the difference. Yeah. yeah that's that's the difference. I, uh, I saw him running Z. in Florida with that name on the back, and I thought, man, that guy's a monster. Why don't they just give him the ball every play? Yes. I said that. Right. And then yes, I, I watched him in exhibition games, and he was, you know, and Houston said they were going to use him, and I just, you know, and they didn't use him enough. In my opinion, they, they didn't use, they got behind a lot of games and, you know, they kind of forgot about him and then he got injured at the end of the year. 
Um, but yeah, I like Damian Pierce a lot and I'll be drafting him again if I get a chance. Two players I liked for, uh, playing in the state of Florida were, uh, were Tyreek Hill and uh, his uh, associate wide receiver, uh, Waddle. Now, last year, Balky, I, I don't know if I should keep doing this to Balky. It makes it tough on the memory, but you know, Hill went first, but later than we kind of expected him to. And Waddle went much later than I expected him to. And it was almost like uh, drafters thought that uh, there wouldn't be enough balls to go around. And I said, wait a minute, both these guys are going to have fantastic seasons. And you really couldn't get a lot of people to listen to you about that. And I finally quit trying and drafting both. (laughs) Now, this year, we have early returns on Hill with him going in the first round and uh, Waddle going in the second. And in the reality of uh, Tua's health, what do you what do you foresee? What caveats would you put in place? What what do you see about the numbers that might be different? In Miami, for Tua, the way he plays might be different. Have, have you got gone deep in evaluating that? And what are you doing with these two players? Because oddly enough, I thought that you couldn't go high enough with them last year. Now, uh, mid one, mid to late one, and and middle two seem very early to me. Yeah. Um, are, you, are you asking me? Um, yeah, you're the expert. I'm the expert. If there was a question in there. I just kind of <laughs> went there. I need to finish with it. I do think Tua could be in trouble. I, I'm not sure he's going to finish the year. Uh, concussions are tricky, but when you get that many, I could see him getting another one. So, to me, I, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't draft Hill at, at number eight overall. You know, I'd rather look for a Devontae Adams or Diggs or somebody where they're in a – Diggs is obviously in a stable situation with his quarterback and all that. Um, I did I did take Tyreek a lot this year. In fact, he was on my super bracket and my big payback team, so he, he did me well. Uh, I like Waddle a lot. Might be a little more uh, quarterback proof. I mean, whoever's yes. in there, I think he's yeah. going to do okay with. Hill needs kind of the deeper passes and 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 timing and all that, but. Uh, yeah, I would. I would still probably draft. I'll be t- taking a lot of Waddle. I would, I'm, I'm not going to grab Hill super early. Uh, well, then, then you're not going to have him. <laughs> which is fine. Well, that was fine. I had him yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to go down memory lane for the 2022 drafting season. We saw Jamar Chase going like mid first round in most FFPC drafts, and then we saw um, T Higgins usually going. Uh, I don't know, like mid to late second, sometimes in the early third. Um, this year, I expected that the gap not to, to go like this. I expected it to go like this. But, guys, it's it's open back up again. John, I look at uh, right now when we're, we're talking about um, the Cincinnati pass catchers, we're looking at Jamar Chase at the 103. And I've talked to a lot of high-stakes players um, in, in regards to what they want to do at the top of the draft. And a lot of them, you listen to the GOAT district, these guys tell you all the time, well, at the 101, I want to take either Jefferson or Chase. At the 102, I want to take either Jefferson or Chase. Now you look at the Bengals receivers right now. Jamar Chase, 102, 103 is going right there. But T. Higgins has fallen to the wide receiver 12 at the 303. So he's actually, now he's moved up a little bit. He was going like earlier in the week, he was going in the mid thirties. Now he's going in the early third. But I said last year, John, like 
I'll sign, sign me up for T. Higgins. I don't need to invest in, like, Chase is a great player. But when it comes down to draft value, I like the value of Higgins um, later on in the third than I do with Chase now at the, at, the, at the 103 this year, higher than he was going last year. How do you view these Bengals receivers going forward? Because you talk about stable situations. It's about as stable as it comes in Cincinnati. We kind of know what Cincinnati is going to be doing. What about Chase and Higgins? Are you in business with Chase at the 103, or would you rather be in business with T. Higgins at the 303? I'm in business with both of them. I, I don't want them both on my team, but if if I if I'm drafting three, I, I consider Chase and Jefferson interchangeable up in there. Uh, I'll take them. Like I'm going to go wide receiver. Those are the guys I want. Uh, Higgins in the third round, automatic every time. I'll I'll take that. But I would not I would not put them both on my team though. But yeah, we, I, love, uh, I love Higgins that late. Yeah. We previously. Um had our our champions of the 2022 ffpc champions the repeat champs correct Bunky? yes correct the repeat champions boys yep. well and we talked a little bit about san francisco and we talked about purdy and lance those guys uh pushed a strategy in the uh, never too earlies to draft them both and see what happens because both of them are relatively inexpensive uh, for for two uh diverse reasons um but you uh, I don't want to talk about the quarterbacks, but the quarterbacks are a big, big part of it. I loved the 49er players last year. I thought a lot of them were value. I thought uh, Elijah Mitchell was my favorite, and then he had to share with the, with one of the greatest running backs in the NFL this year. But I, I, I got a huge um, appreciation of Brandon Ayuk as the season went, went, went on. Um I think Kittle might have a better season in front of him this year, but the heck with what I think. You tell us what you think about the 49ers. Balky will tell us if they've slipped a bit uh, in this draft. How are you approaching these guys? Yeah, um, honestly, I'd love to see Purdy in there instead of Lance. Because I think I know we know what we're going to get with Purdy, and that's an up-and-coming quarterback. Yeah. Lance is – I mean, he's supposed to be good, but we don't really know yet. Um yeah, I'll still take them because I think the 49ers will come to the realization that I just said that that they need Purdy in there if Lance is, you know, if he looks like he's shaky early. I don't think it'll take long. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd maybe be a little gun shy about Debo and this. I probably wouldn't take him in the second round this, this year, but uh, I, I like Ayuk later on and I like uh, Kittle if he's the fourth or fifth tight end or whatever off the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCaffrey, obviously, great running back. Well, how early does McCaffrey go? Very early. 103 right now. He is the first running back off the board. It's basically, if you look at the drafts that have been going on for the Never Too Early tournament over the past like week, week and a half or so, it's been Jefferson, McCaffrey, and Chase, and occasionally Travis Kelsey at the 101. Um, but mostly Jefferson, uh, McCaffrey, and Chase are, are, are going to be those top three picks. You look at um, uh, Debo Samuel, I know you mentioned, John. Uh, well, no, yeah, Debo Samuel, wide receiver 14. He's wow. going in the fourth round now. Yeah, so he's okay. left a bit. You um, would like him there, right, John? Right. But yeah, I would take him in the fourth round, not, so, not in the second. So the <laughs> – yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough call. It, it's a tough call, and I did have a question there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it for later in there. Okay. You you hold that. I'll just bring this up. Um, John uh, George Kittle is the tight end four right now, uh, three eleven. So him and Samuel are going very very close to each other. And then the other player I know you had mentioned was uh, Brandon Ayuk. 
and Brandon Ayuk right now, if I can find him on here, wide receiver 31 in the seventh round. So if you like him, you could be in business with Brandon Ayuk. I, I like I like that. Good that deal. sounds good to me. Right I, yeah. I've looked at the rest of the script, and I may not get to ask my question. So now I want Well, to go ahead right now, Farrell. Fire away. The the um you drafted in all these formats. You had to get the number one sometimes. Yes. If you got the number one this year, would you go ahead and invest it on McCaffrey? Because well, you answer that, and I'll tell you. What. This year, um, yes. you know, I didn't last year. I, I I went with Taylor, which was obviously a mistake each time. I think I might have taken Cup once, even, which wasn't necessarily a big mistake. Uh, now I think I'm I'm going Jefferson or Chase up that. You know, McCaffrey, mm-hmm. he's got yeah. He did he avoided the injuries this year, which is great. I, he did. I think he got hurt late towards, but he still played. But um. Yeah, I think there's the injuries, and then he's also got to kind of share the load with with Mitchell a little bit. He never yeah. he didn't have that in Carolina at all. Yeah, uh, I, I just all those other weapons that they're going to distribute the ball to. I so, just uh, I'm just curious if 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 Purdy is compromised, and if Lance gets off to a slow start, if Purdy can't play for because of the injury, uh, which I hope is not the case, but either one of them would have to lean on McCaffrey pretty pretty significantly. Yeah. That, that's a, I that's like uh, I like what they might do with McCaffrey out of the slot. So that's a, that's the only thing that that I was curious about is how many oh. people do how many people do you think will skip uh, McCaffrey, especially when we get into August? Because nobody was skipping Taylor last year. No, no. Uh, I I do think a lot of people are big McCaffrey fans, and mm-hmm. so I I'll, I think he'll go number one, probably more than those two receivers, possibly. Okay. But I don't think it's going to be like like you know ninety percent. I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of people are going to go with those receivers, including me. <laughs> but uh, I may I may load McCaffrey on a team or two. But again, I'm 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 zero running back. I'm not not entirely, but uh, I'd rather have one of those better receivers. I think. John, you know you've been playing high stakes fantasy football for a decade plus. Um, when you look at the buyer's remorse that people had last year about taking Jonathan Taylor with the first overall pick, uh, now you see him going as running back three at the one hundred eight this year. Uh, is that? I mean, is that going to factor in? Are we going to see mostly Jefferson and Chase because people are going to be like, "Hell, I don't want another running back." You know, Jonathan Taylor had. Everything going for him. Good offensive line, good offense. He was the the rushing leader, and then look what happened to him. Is there going to be a lot of buyer's remorse that's going to force these running backs that we normally see go early, maybe a little bit down further in the first round, maybe push them in the second round this year? Yeah, for sure. I think people are going to be gun-shy about Taylor. Um, The team's not that good, and, uh, you know, the thing about him that I liked was, you know, he had a great year, obviously, a year ago. And he had never been hurt, like even through high school, college, and every you know. And that's, of course, it caught up with him last year. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to be a little gun shy about that. I think. Uh, I imagine I'll grab him somewhere late first round, if I get a chance. But uh, I do think you're going to see those receivers, uh, probably in your in your format. Kelsey's going to going to be in the yeah. top three or four, right? Absolutely, no uh, question. You know, I'll do that maybe once. I, I just I. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old school, but I, I haven't drafted a lot of Travis Kelsey. I never get him much because I'm not willing to take a tight end that early. But uh, is he still going to? I mean, he's not close to dropping off the cliff yet, is he? No, no, he doesn't look like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but it's going to happen some year. I mean, I, I'm not sure what his age is, but uh, he's over. He, I, 
he is over 30. I, I just looked this up the other day, and, and I should remember it, and, and I don't. So I'm going to look it up right now. He turns 34 in October of this year. So he's yeah. 33 right now. He is a tight end, and like I, I don't know what it is that the Chiefs have been able to do, but they've been a, they've been able to age those tight ends pretty good in yeah, Kansas Gonzalez City. Tony Gonzalez for sure. Um, so we'll see what happens with with Travis Kelsey. Excited to see what he's going to do on Sunday. I do have one email that came in for you, John, and it is from Glenn in Springfield, Mass. With the emergence of T.J. Hawkinson, are you all out on drafting Adam Thielen this year? Thank you, Glenn, uh, for watching and sending that email in. What about Thielen? Because Hawkinson was. Man, was he good down the stretch after Minnesota got him. You still have Justin Jefferson, the best uh, in the game right now, wide receiver. What about Adam Thielen? And I suppose I should tell you his, his ADP, uh, wide receiver 67 in the 15th round. Probably still worth the gamble at that price, right? Well, yeah, as, as, as like maybe a fourth or fifth, sixth receiver. Um, but I'm out, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be drafted anymore. I did this year. Uh, I live in Minnesota. Um, but, yeah, I think Hawkinson, even – KJ Osborne may may have a better year than Thielen this year. So next year. Yeah, I would be I would be out on Adam unless unless just I gotta fill a spot late in the draft, you know, eleventh, twelfth. I was I was this past year and and you know I was pleased to see how well he played. And and he may uh, he can still contribute running the type of routes that, that he runs and in that offense. But I, I'm with you. I he's a best ball player that will nicely surprise you at that round from time to time yeah. to your point john just real quick osborne is being drafted ahead of Thielen this year right now okay too. that makes sense I, I would expect that yeah yeah he's young he's he's got he's got a good future oh bulky you got any more emails no that was the only email i had well, then, tonight, then, 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 then let's talk about super bowl can we talk a little bit about super bowl we should sure. we played this sunday in phoenix uh and you'll be right up the road in Las Vegas. Now, you'll have prop bets that are thicker than the Bible that will be in the bedside table. So, <laughs> I'll be digging through the prop sheet, yeah. I, I you know, so last week um, with our guest, I gave him some quick questions about uh, the Super Bowl. And I want to give you I want to give you some. First of all, we're going to want to score, but more importantly – Let's take a look at these prop bets because this is what fantasy football guys should should really rely on. And I, the first one that I'm interested in is in the Philadelphia wide receivers, Devonta Smith, yardage and total of receptions. Then I noticed that 49 and a half was the yardage uh, on the on the, the Philadelphia tight end. Do you think Travis Kelsey will score a touchdown? Do you think he'll score two? And of Philadelphia, who's more likely to score a touchdown? Is it Hurts or Sanders, or will both of them get one? And those, those are the variety of prop informations that I'd like to know from you, John Pierce, our mathematical genius. <laughs> uh, what was that? I do not think Kelsey will have two. He'll have one. If he I had to zero or one, I would go with one. Very good. Um, and what was the other question? Touchdowns, Smith? either Hertz or Sanders or both of them. Uh, Hertz. You know, is it that, to me, uh, that wedge thing from the two or three yard yeah. line? And, yeah, I and think I, I saw a stat. This was this was very interesting to me. It hurts inside the ten yard line, uh, twenty nine carries this year, and I, I thought that's that's a lot for a quarterback inside the ten yard. Line. Sanders only had twenty eight. Uh, the other one is a, the, the receiver props and Devonta Smith. 
and I'm curious your interpretation of Smith or Brown versus this Kansas City defense. Uh, I look I look for AJ Brown to. Ha- I, I think he's going to step up and have a big game. Okay. okay. I think he'll get more yards than Smith. I is it just a feel, or is it based on numbers, or is it's it- it's more of a feel. I I had that same initial feel until I realized this. Okay. Um, two high safeties, the Chiefs are in it almost 50% of the time. They have a propensity to play that. And when two high safeties was employed against the Eagles during the season, and not a lot of teams that play it as much as the Chiefs do, but, you know, your Vikings are there in Minnesota. They play it. The Saints played it. Uh, Dallas, Dallas plays it. Uh, and, and one of their opponents from the AFC it, it is in that formation a lot. And in those formations, in those games, uh, Smith went over 100 yards in three of them. And against the Vikings, he was seven of 80. Uh, you know, he's, some some defenses and coverages are just made for certain players that know how to work them. And so I really like Smith in this game. I wonder, I think there's enough balls for both of them in this segment. So how about a score of the game? And do you see a high scoring game? I, I suppose you're not going to deviate too far from the one and a half point point spread. Uh, the, the guy, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, Dave Turp has the Eagles winning by 28. Malky. That's the biggest number. <laughs> but I, uh, I think it's up to 30. Yeah. Okay. So John, what do you, uh, what do you I'm, think? I'm putting my money, big money on the Eagles minus one and a half. Uh, I, I just think they were the best team this year. And, uh, you know, I know I Kansas City has the experience, maybe a little better coaching, but I think the Eagles have the better talent. And, uh, I just, I just think, I think they're going to come through. You know, the, the only time they really struggled was when Hertz was hurt and now he's, not so hurt. He's pretty much back to normal, I think. Uh, and I, I expect, uh, you know, they've, they've started fast their last couple of games and, and then they just kind of, you know, burn the clock in a second half and just control the game. And uh, I like that team. I like their defense. I like the Eagles. 27-21. Uh, 27-21. Okay. Now, Boggy, I, mean, I, yeah, I heard it, and, and John, I heard it, it was said this week they uh, – they pass to score and run to win. And I think that's that summarizes. If you look at Hertz stats, he's oftentimes pushing 150, 160 yards passing in the first half and, and a small performance in passing yards in the second half. And it proves towards that. It proves those numbers. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm, go, ahead. go ahead, John. No, I just think they're a smart team and they get, they get the 14 point lead or 20 point lead and, they just take control of the game. Oh, we're, we're getting in Dave Turp territory. So, okay, <laughs> let, let's hear that score. I said 27-21. Very uh, good. But I think they may jump out early, 17-3, to you know, and just kind of ah. take, take it from there. Let me and, let me throw let me throw this at you guys. This is something I stumbled across um, earlier this week. Uh, John Heffling had this story. He did some research into the officiating crew for the Super Bowl, led uh-huh. by Carl Sheffers. Kyle Sheffers has officiated 12 playoff games. Okay, not a huge sample size. 12 playoff games since 2010. The under has hit in 11 of those 12 games. 
Really? And here's the shocking part. The under is hit by an average of almost 13 points. That is insane. That and this is and he's officiating this game. Now, uh, and I, I won't bore everybody with this because there's a lot of good juice in this deadspin article. But they also uh Heffling also pointed out here um that this past season he his officiating crew has usually leaned in favor of one specific team every game, whatever team it is. Um, and uh, uh, it wasn't just the Chiefs this year, although he officiated two Chiefs games this year, and it accounted for 21 of the 94 penalties the Chiefs got this season. 21 of them were from Carl Sheffer's games, those two games, and the Chiefs lost 923 yards over the course of the season. 201 <laughs> of those, 201 were in those two Chiefs games from Carl Sheffer's crew. I like the Eagles. And I like the under in this game because so, so those those stats just blew my mind. Farrell, you're laughing. I'm telling you, there's something. I think it. it's fantastic. I think the level of, of, of those stats are fantastic. Now, I will point out, I think everybody knows this, but damn, we need to hammer it home. And it's the biggest thing that needs to change in the NFL. Uh, and it is the combination of the crew. He's not going to be working with the same crew that he worked with in the regular season because this is the all-star crew. And yep. somebody said, Farrell, why do they do that? And I say, the referees have a very, very powerful uh, referees union. They, they have collective bargaining, and that's why they have that. And, and it is a disaster when these crews are not together. They, they, they're not in sync. They're, then they may be the best officials across the league. But, uh, you, you know, when you, when you lose your regular dance partner, you look a little awkward, you know. And that's what's going on here in these games. The last thing I'll say about this, just to hammer this home, I said the under hit in 11 of those 12 games. The only one that went over was that Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl where the Falcons got up 28-3, and then Tom Brady and James White went ham and, and went crazy, and then the game ended up being pushed over. Um, the what? Talking about the, the Chiefs' penalties, um, the last time uh, the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl was against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they lost 31-9. to Chiefs had 11 penalties called on them that game. The Buccaneers only had four. Carl Cheffers was on that officiating crew. That as well. damn Carl. I'm telling damn. you that he is not Carl Cheffers. He is definitely Carl Cheffers. There, there is no, there is no love for Kansas City from him. Now I'll probably change my mind a couple of times before we get into Super Bowl Sunday. But that though, it's like it's like a like an earwig. Like the, the, I can't get rid of. After I read that, after I had that knowledge, I can't oh, get wow. it out of my brain. No. So I, I like the under to begin with, but. But this is very interesting. So the theory is he calls more penalties. Is that why his games in general? Backing it up. Backing those chains up, John. Backing the offense up. Make it look like a Canadian Football League field. Back it up. So a lot lot of holding calls and things? Well, yeah. Since since 2010, Cheffers has only been – again, this goes to what Farrell's point is. But Cheffers has only been below the league average and penalty yards uh, in one year since 2010. He's always been above it uh, since then. Um, 2021, he, he was, um, 27 yards over the league average in penalty yards per game. That was the highest mark in the NFL in 2022 is 18 yards over. So, I mean, it's, it's like they, they call a lot of flags and historically this season, at least they have been disproportionate as a, from one team to another. Now, some of those teams who got more penalties called on them, some of them still won the games, but it was like, uh, the, the Bills over the Bears, the Chiefs over the Texans, those types of games. So I don't know. Interesting. 
it, 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 it's it's one aspect, but man, yeah. it's it's significant. It's significant. Oh, I'll be um, money on the under now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was, I was going to anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Now you feel great about it. Uh, so there's some cool mathematical definition of deviation of something, John, that you can tell us that we could apply to Balky's phenomenon that he has shared <laughs> from this article. Is there, is there some sort of is, is it, can we call it the Pierce method? Nothing else. I I don't know. I I mean it could go the other way. If he's calling him on the defense, you're gonna speed the game up, more pass interferences, more, you know, first downs. But if you're calling him on the offense, you're gonna slow the game down and lower the score. So you know. I look forward to the day in the NFL when we can challenge pass interference. That's that's the one. I yeah, mean. yeah. I think that's coming. I am uh, I am just tweeting out the article right now at Eric Balkman, so you can check that out. Read the whole thing at your leisure. Everybody's um, over there. Obviously, yeah. Um, more, uh, almost seventy thousand dollars in winnings from the FFPC this year, John. Uh, over one hundred and fifty thousand overall in twenty twenty two. Significant chunk of change. What are your plans for that money? Do you have any plans for that money yet? It's going to Vegas. Uh, I'm going to Vegas. Yeah, I'll be putting it on the under. I'll be putting it on your under and the Eagles. Uh, I don't know. Right now, I'll probably just reinvest it on the main events for next year and uh, all the other, you know, best balls and things that I do. Terminator, Super Bracket. Um, big Dog. You know, I won the Big Dog two years ago. You won the Big oh, Dog. yeah. What the big dog, Congratulations I got, I got, on I was that. This year, and I fell apart at the end. You know, my quarterback. That's a great game. name for a league, the big yeah. dog. The big dog, absolutely. We'll um, I wish they get more of them. They only, it seems like you only get one or two going each year or something. Where right. in Oklahoma is is your hometown? Where do you hail from? Well, that's uh, Boone Pickens Stadium behind me. You probably don't there recognize it. A little still water. I graduated. What's the name of that joint that everybody goes in? Uh, Eskimo in, Joe's. Yeah, you got your little Eskimo Joe's there. <laughs> you got to go to Eskimo Joe's. Uh, so I grew up in a town called Miami, spelled like Miami, yep. Florida. Yep. And then Miami. I went I went to college at Oklahoma State, and my father lives there now. So What I, year did you graduate at Oklahoma State? 1984. Oh, baby, I was running around out there, too, man. That was great. Oh, yeah? That was good. Maybe you guys ran into each other in Eskimo we Joe. We never really realized it. We, 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 we probably did. <laughs> I, would hit, I would hit Oklahoma State for some recruiting uh, uh, quite often. I had some had some great stories from from out there. And uh, I applaud you for caring for your father. Perhaps the fact that you had the best year. What, I, what I've learned in being a caregiver for my 97-year-old mother is when I'm not doing it, I can apply the same focus to everything else I am doing. The gift mm. that she, she continues to give me, and it, uh, it it's it's been a, a really great trip. And uh, until you get an opportunity, not everybody has the opportunity to have a parent in their nineties. So we're we're very blessed to, to care for them, uh, you know, whatever their condition. And I applaud you for doing that. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's just, it can be very stressful, especially when you're the only sibling and. It's all your responsibility. It's uh, yeah. It's been a tough year, but uh, well, we got a lot of great Oklahoma uh, fantasy football players, uh, and and now I will add you to the list. Uh, guys like Danny Mueller and Kevin Hawkey, and, and and guys from out there that do well in the FFPC, do well in the KFFSC, and you know you'll have to take one more weekend to hit the road. Come here and spend a little time with us in Kentucky. You, hey, I'd love that, and uh, there's, I got. You come in, you spend an extra day on the front, an extra day on the back. 
you'll do well in fantasy football and you'll take home a lot of Hoosier cash with you. And nothing will make me prouder than to see yeah, you. Sounds like, sounds like a blast. I'd love to do that. I'll yeah, be in touch. We'll make it happen. Um, Farrell, do you have one more question uh, before we let uh, John go enjoy the rest of his No, Wednesday? I got like three more, but I guess I better. <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can pick one. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is, this is the question that Balky lets me ask that I love to ask. And we've heard of some players already, but really, who do you love? Who do you really have to have on your team that we haven't talked about yet? And who is a player that you may hold a grudge against or you just don't like his situation or you've never had him, never will? Give, give us a couple guys. Ah, okay. Well, who I like, I, I like, I want, I want a lot of these second year receivers that did well. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London. Did very uh, well. I want to get them. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown will be his third yes. year. I, I'm going to go after him. Uh, I don't think the the Williams kid from Alabama is going to present much of a threat. Mm. Uh, he'll, he'll be okay, but he's still got to yeah. learn too. But he, St. Brown's the leader. That that offense is exploding. They're going to get better. Uh, I want to be a, I want to be around some of that. And uh, uh, as far as who I would fade, you may not like this, Farrell. <laughs> I don't. I, I I've never had much of Zeke, and I, I really, I, you know. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You just be like aging, aging running backs are who I want to fade. You know, yeah. like uh, yeah, it makes sense. Whoever's getting close to twenty nine or thirty, I. I Camara, I'm done. I'm probably done with him for the most part. Um, and he might have be facing a suspension this year. Yeah, too. I mean that's part of it, right? Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I just, you know, even, well, I mean Leonard Fournette is probably in that category, right? Yeah, he goes to a new team. It's unpredictable. I, I, I yeah, I'll be fading him. Um, you know, just guys like that. I, I just, I want the younger, up and coming receivers and running backs. Uh, you know, Brees Hall the. These younger guys, uh, Kenneth Walker, you yeah. know, those are the, those are the guys I want. <laughs> and, um, I loved Walker on this show for a long, long time, and we yeah, had that a, was the, the, the some of the biggest values in fantasy football were derived in Seattle. Actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a former guest of the show, Rob Vieira, many years ago, told me um, I can't remember if it was on air or off air, but he said, you know, whether you're playing redraft dynasty, whatever is try to always acquire ascending assets. And it seems so silly, right? Like, well, obviously you're going to do that, but we don't always do that when we're drafting. And I think you're echoing that tonight, John. It's like, get the guys who are who are on their way up, not necessarily the guys that are on their way down, because oftentimes you get the guys on the way up, like Kenneth Walker in the ninth or 10th round last year, pay dividends. Draft a, a guy you know who's maybe falling off in like the fourth or fifth round, probably didn't pay off, pay off too much. And, and obviously you got paid, so you knew what you were doing last year. And we want to thank you for sharing some of that insight, some of uh, your knowledge with our viewers tonight, and most importantly, with me and Farrell. Um, so thank you so much. Good luck in Vegas. Have a great time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Good luck in the tournament. Uh, we, we wish you nothing but the best in, in all your drafts in 2023 as well, John. Thanks so much for spending your Wednesday night with us. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on all your success so far. Thank you, guys. It's been a blast. I really enjoyed every moment on here. So. Uh... Look, look forward to seeing you guys down the road, and uh, good luck to all to both of you next year as well. You got it, John. Be good, man. We'll talk again later. All right. Take care.
John Pierce, ladies and gentlemen, the $25,000 winner in the FFPC Big Payback Number 4 League, and of course the $10,000 winner in the 2022 uh, FFPC Super Bracket uh, Tournament. Uh, won a lot of money this past year, and uh, we like money winners on this show because they tell us how to do it. We try to apply it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but hopefully the viewers, uh, viewers like you, are getting all the information you need to plot your way to maybe a million-dollar payday in the FFPC main event uh, this uh, this coming year. Farrell, the emails I have here are not time sensitive. They are all never too early stuff. They they don't they, none of them are with the Super Bowl except for one, okay. uh, which is the one that we're going to answer tonight. And I'm just checking to see who it's from. Nick in Maple Shade, New Jersey. Can you guys give us? Uh, can you guys give me your Super Bowl predictions? Uh, for the Eagles and the Chiefs. I will lead off and say that I do like the under for the reasons I already stated. I do believe that the Eagles are the better team. I believe that the Eagles are the healthier team as well. I think this is one of those games where we look at it and we're kind of like expecting, oh, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey and and then Hurts and Brown and Smith and all these guys, and they're going to go up and down the field. I don't necessarily see it that way. I think the Chiefs, uh, both their offensive and defensive lines, are 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 some of the best in the NFL, if not the best in the NFL. And if they're not, man, the Eagles are right up there too. The this game will be one in the trenches. I do believe the Eagles are a little bit better than them, uh, that than the Kansas City Chiefs in in uh, both uh, on both lines. So that's why I'm going to say Eagles twenty six, Chiefs fourteen. Wow, the Chiefs, Bucky, will have fourteen points by halftime, but the Eagles will still <laughs> win the game. Uh, and I think we. I think everybody is leaning that way. People are hesitant to bet against the Chiefs. But we want to tell our listener, because we have to get him out of New Jersey. So what we want to tell our listener is that his money is to be made in naturally what fantasy football players excel with. You know, we just talked to Mr. Pierce, who can't wait to get his hands uh, in Las Vegas on the prop sheet. We've already made my case uh, for Devontae Smith. I would continue to make some cases for uh, – Jalen Hurts, I think he gets uh, over one and a half touchdown passes, and the Chiefs give that up to most of the quarterbacks they played this year. And I think Hurts will get there too. Um, it's, uh, I think, on an MVP status, uh, you know, those are long shot bets. Don't don't go to the chalk for those. But it, it, rarely do you get a defensive MVP. But perhaps in this game, it could come from. Uh, very, very dark horse candidate for it, but Hassan Reddick, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I like the fact that you bring up the under bulky makes me like the kickers. If I'm going to buy into your under, I'm going to buy into the kickers. And I'm going to say that, that both the kickers uh, go over one and a half field goals. So those are your props mm. to get with. And, and uh, you know, you can't go wrong betting on Kelsey. Is it good numbers to score a touchdown, even better numbers to score two. And um, if you believe that Sky Moore is the only healthy wide receiver, uh, skill set receiver, you, you know, just because the other guys, they say they're going to play, they're not going to be at 100%. Tony and Juju Smith-Schuster. And um, uh, what's what's the other one that's injured? Oh, Hardman's, not already, Hardman's already on the shelf. He's out, yeah. So you're in a situation where, if you think the Chiefs are going to be competitive and you think the receivers are compromised, you have to get Kelsey the ball. Normally, if with a full group of players, uh, you would say that if the Eagles can contain Kelsey, well, Kelsey's going to do so much that his stat line 
if you were given it, you would say, okay, the Chiefs probably win. But he might be more than 60% of the entire passing game. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, in, and I was talking to Nelson Verbit uh, on the uh, uh, Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last week, and we were talking about he's a big Eagles fan, maybe even a bigger Eagles fan than Dave Tripoli. And he liked the, the long shot Hassan Reddick for MVP, um, mm-hmm. which you were just talking about. And he also said, look, I love the Eagles. I think, and he, I think he had the Eagles winning by like 17 or 18 or something like that. But he also said, but let's face it, Travis Kelsey is going to do damage <laughs> to the mm-hmm. secondary. And and I would take the over at seven and a half catches for Kelsey. I would also take the over. I don't know what the yardage is, like 78, 79, something like that. I'd take the over on Kelsey there uh, as well because I do believe, um, you know, they have not had a reliable receiver, secondary receiver all year, and yet Kelsey still puts up insane numbers. So it's not like they can just take Kelsey away. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. So I like the Kelsey overs uh, for sure in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd bet him to score two touchdowns unless the odds were, were well, really Well, there is big plus money on that. And yeah. um, then, you know, there is your situation, though, because you're talking about the under. We sure are talking about taking a lot of individual overs. And, Just uh, Kelsey. That's the only one I like. That's the only one I like on, on, on the Chiefs. Give me the yeah. under and everybody else. Give me the under and McKinney. What is the total? On on the game, 50 and a half, I think. Yeah, Let me look it up. Okay. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's 50 and a half. 50 and a half. Well, yeah. you know, if if you take the under, you're gonna be winning for most of the game, at least Bob. Well, it's a wise man once told me if you take the under, you're winning the whole way until you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um Farrell, well, you're a winner no matter what, buddy. Yeah, well, thank you. As as you as are you. Um Breaks my heart. I won't see you this weekend, but I wish you nothing but the best. I will um, be there virtually. Obviously, very excited to draft on Sunday morning. Might be the only hour and a half, two hours I get to myself, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, listen, man, have a great Super Bowl in Louisville. Thank it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of great FFPC players coming in for that. A lot of great KFFSC players coming in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Say hi to uh, the Dizzle and the real Leroy for me, who will be in attendance there representing Team Wisconsin. Those, and, guys uh, will, those guys will be great. And I, I'm going, Balky, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to get over you not being here sometime mid to late July. It's going to be okay. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get over it. And, you know, and, but that, that's when we're doing pros versus Joes for like 30 hours a week. And then it'll be only a, a month away before I'm there in, in person for the, for the KFFSC, the 21st KFFSC uh, main event. Uh, very excited for that to do that in person once again. Um, be good, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks for hanging out on Wednesday with me. Appreciate you. When do we come back? We'll be back. Uh, not this Friday, but the following Friday. We'll be uh, on our regular schedule again at 10, 9 central. The following Friday. I believe that is February 17th. You are 100% correct. That is it. I'll see you then. You got it. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Ladies and gentlemen, check out the KFFSC.com who does have openings. Uh, for their big game weekend drafts. You can sign up for those, kffsc.com. Be the hero that fills up those drafts. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be participating in one Sunday morning. I think there's one spot left in my draft. So if you want to be the hero and fill that up, uh, that'd be great. I want to thank uh, John Pierce, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. We are live, at, as I just said, uh, next Friday with uh, 2022 FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament number 2 champ. It's going to be Rick Parkin 
will join us uh, uh, on Friday at 10, 9 central. Not this Friday, but the following Friday on the 17th. Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Check that out. Rotoviz.com slash podcast or watch the video on the FFPC YouTube channel that we recorded last night. Myself and the 2022 Football Guys runner-up and $150,000 winner, Bill Querbees. Uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network does go live at 7, 6 central on the BSN app, which is free in the App Store and Google Play right now. Uh, it is myself. And uh, four for four is John Daigle. Going to be chopping it up for two hours tomorrow night. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Win $25,000 in the FFPC. Never too early best ball tournament at myffpc.com right now. Or win $5,000 with the never too early super flex best ball tournament. Just a $35 entry fee there, myffpc.com. Make sure you're checking that out as well as all the Dynasty Orphans we have available as well. Myffpc.com is where to go for that. FFPC5 is your Dynasty Depot discount code if you want to get a free two-month membership there to buy, bid, and sell your dynasty teams, move up the leaderboard, and perhaps win a free entry in the 2024 FFPC main event. Dynasty Orphans are out there. Never too early best ball tournaments are going on. And we have a Super Bowl this weekend as well. What a time it is to be a fantasy football fan. Like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this video. Your Super Bowl weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Twitter.com slash Eric Balkman uh, is that Deadspin article that I just tweeted out. So make sure you're checking that out. Already got a like from the real Leroy on it. So I'm sure he's checking that out uh, as uh, he gets ready to place his bets at uh, Caesars Southern Indiana when he is hanging out with Farrell and uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak and all the other luminaries that will be at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship big game party. Uh, make sure uh, that if you are, are are looking for something to do this weekend, kffsc.com, myffpc.com, there is drafting action out there. I just told you where it's located. Now go out and join it. Have a great Super Bowl, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll talk with you again next Friday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.